This is Infection, the Survival Podcast, recorded live on Wednesday, November the 9th, 2022, episode 408. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome into another edition of Infection, the survival podcast, and Infection is your source for the latest information on survival gaming news. We also take a look at uh, things in and around the video game industry, sprinkle in a little bit of uh, politics here and there because it is so prevalent in the industry. My name is Nick Craig. You can check me out on Twitter, not verified at uh, Nicholas M. Craig. You can also visit our website, infectionpodcast.com. The million-dollar question is my lovely co-host, Brian Aldridge. Is he going to whip out his credit card and spend $7.99 a month for his verification on Twitter? Hello, Brian. Hey, well, I might. I don't know. We'll see if I actually use Twitter. Why? Why Why would you do that? What a waste of money that would be. (laughs) Well, we'll see what I do with it. If it lets me troll more or be able to troll with the dignity, then I can do it. Right? <laughs> troll Thanks with dignity. I like that. I like your moral high ground that you're taking on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As long as it makes as long as it makes my posts more important, then then we're good. Which is yeah. exactly why all of the actual blue check marks are pissed because now all the peasants like yourself and me I know. can pay for this for the blue check mark, and that's not a problem. I know. We can be them with the, with a mere seven ninety nine. I mean, <laughs> I, actually, I need to pull. I need to pull some of that information because there was. I guess a lot of scandal happening with people that they were pretty much blackmailing people to get blue or to get the check marks. I'll pull out. I'll pull an article and throw oh, it in God. the notes so that and you can decide if you wanna if you wanna check that out. But it's pretty interesting. Okay. If you wanna find me on Twitter, you can get me at Boise Computer, of course at Brian Aldridge and Gab Parlor, Getter, Truth Social, and a couple other places. I'm sure. Uh, if you wanna go check out my blog, it's Bite of Tech, and of course, if you go to our website, InfectionPodcast.com. That's the best place because you can join our Discord where we still have our Conan Exile server running. Uh, it's been auto-updating and doing its thing. Uh, I did up the XP rate to like 5X. So if you're looking to get a little bit faster experience in there and try it out, uh, that'll let you do it. And we also have 11 ARC servers going right now that you can go and uh, jump on whatever map. They're all 11 different maps and uh, all connected. So if you want to transfer dinos before between them, it's a pretty good experience. If, there, if you want to talk about a certain thing on the show, make sure you just post it in the news channel because we'll review that before the live show starts. And then if it's something that's relevant to the show, we'll, we'll bring it up. If you want to watch the live show, you can do that through Twitch and YouTube. Uh, and then, of course, if you want to listen, that's after the fact because we do record it and then upload it. So if you go to uh, the lower right-hand side, lots of places that you can listen to the show. And if you are going to be listening, that means that the particular episode show notes are online and you can go to those show notes and look at links for maybe videos especially if you're listening, videos that you missed. Um, we've got source material, articles, everything that we refer to during that live show is right on that page along with a nice video and audio player. So if you, uh, you want to support the show, you can do that through the top of the menu or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Yes, and uh, want to thank our friend uh, UGX Vibe for hitting us up with the uh, resub during uh, the last program. I'm not sure that we mentioned him on the air, and if we did, well, two mentions for the price of one. So thanks, uh, UGX. Thanks, Bob. Greatly appreciated. All right, Brian, uh, off of uh, a pretty interesting show last week um, with everything going on um, with uh, Xbox and Twitter and Gamergate and and all of that, um, I, I think it might make sense to start off with Twitter again, as uh, we are now another week down the uh, proverbial rabbit hole of uh, Elon Musk's ownership. 
And um, the verification system is in effect as of today. I'm seeing people posting that they're that they've subscribed to what is being called Twitter Blue, which used to be four ninety nine a month. It's now seven ninety nine a month and comes with a verification check. Um, Yep. He's fired a whole bunch of employees, like like almost four thousand of them. Uh, which we talked about last week as well. He's trying to um, build the brand back in some way. Um, he's still not, um, you know, he's still, everybody thought he was just going to allow the platform to kind of post whatever you want. You had uh, people, uh, you know, tech journalists that are supposed to be nonpartisan. Well, you know, you would assume would be nonpartisan yeah. when they're talking about tech work, uh, tech news, saying that the platform is just going to become a diatribe of the N-word and a whole bunch of other awful, terrible slurs that's not happened at all. He's kept the head of the trust and safety guy. He put out a tweet today showing that the you know, total impressions of tweets with slurs have has come way down from where it has been in, in weeks and months past under prior ownership. So none of the awful, terrible claims of all of the terrible and awful things that Elon Musk was going to do has happened. Um, and yep. but uh, but still, people are still losing their damn minds over the platform. Pretty crazy. Well, let's talk really quickly because there was comedians and various people famous people people that had their check marks that wanted to test this and they said all those things that you're saying oh this means that people are going to be able to say all these hateful things and uh so for instance kathy griffin decided that she was going to change her picture and change her name to elon musk her picture was the elon musk profile picture change her name to elon musk and then start saying you know just things that elon elon musk would not say and then, uh, and then she promptly got banned, a permanent ban from Twitter, and was pissed about it. Ah, uh, what? And then, she, then she said, "Well, it was just, you know, it was just parody. It was just joking." Uh, and a number of comedians did this because they wanted to prove that, you know, you could, if you're, you as a verified person, you could do all these things. If everybody had it, well, they soon found out that being verified means that you are actually having to be more accountable because you're not allowed to impersonate anybody unless you put parody in the na- in the actual name of the person. So you can have Elon Musk parody, and then you can po- th- post things as if you're Elon Musk because people will know, realize that you're joking, kind of like there's a Donald Trump one that's out there of someone who posts ridiculous things, you know, with Donald Trump's picture, and it says parody. Um, but she went through there and said all these things, is that, you know, so that people would get... Um, get screenshots and not, you know, ignore the little handle and say, mm-hmm. oh, I can't believe Elon Musk said this. Well, uh, that's what you're doing. When you get verified, you're verifying that the name on there and the picture is you or, you know, at least the name is you. That's what you're verifying, that you're representing yourself as yourself. Same thing with the $8 verification. Uh, all that's going to do is have it where people have to confirm that they're a real person uh, and I'm sure they're going to put in some rules of what that you actually have to have your real name as the name as you the don't. person who's paying for the subscription. Well, whatever it is, there there will be limits that you yeah. can't impersonate anyone, you can't do certain things. Um, and so that's that's good. It's all only thing it's going to do is make it to where there will be more real people right on Twitter. Yeah, more and, people and, that are less anonymous. Which I think will will up the kind of because anonymity makes people nasty. And that's why Twitter gets so nasty sometimes. I I continue to stand by my stance um, that it's not for me. Well, not just not for me, for 
Elon Musk, the Twitter blue verification is not necessarily uh, to solve some of the things that you just described. It's a relatively quick way to generate revenue for a company that is struggling hard to generate revenue and to get a bunch of regular people. You know, and that's who a lot of people buying, uh, even looking at Twitter this afternoon. I saw a lot of individuals that uh, ha- now have blue check marks that only have a couple hundred followers. But to get eight dollars a month from these people or seven ninety nine a month from these people is a massive thing, and it it yeah. it does so much for a platform. Uh, I've seen a lot of people equating it to the early days of Amazon Prime. Where you had, you know, originally Amazon Prime was thirty some odd dollars, um, thirty or uh, uh, thirty or sixty dollars a year, and you got free shipping. And then you started getting TV shows, and then you started getting yep. music, and then this and that, and this and that. And the next thing you know, you get Grubhub. You get a year of Grubhub Premium when you have <laughs> yep. an Amazon Prime account. You get Twitch Prime. All of those various things. And I think a, a lot of people are seeing what Bezos did with Amazon, um, with Prime, and similar things with Twitter. The ability to maybe post higher resolution images or do specific things like Twitter spaces. You might only be able I've to do I've heard rumors of now. a payment system. Have, have, yes, have a way uh, to do fi- a payment if, system probably. They filed for some trade. The Twitter filed for some trademark to try and get something to do a payment system. So I would assume that yes, you might think eight dollars a month for a blue check—that's horseshit. And if it guess what? If it's horseshit and you don't like it, then just don't buy it. I mean, it's not really that complicated. Um, well, and for yeah. individuals that do buy it and do want it, there will likely be things added in the future. And then for other people that don't necessarily care about the blue check but want some of those other features, maybe they'll uh, they'll buy it in the future as well. So uh, pretty interesting to see. And they're looking, one thing they're looking at too is they're going to be implementing a two tier verification system. So you'll have your blue check marks, which are your standard ones. And then I think you'll have something that's like official or whatever it is. Yeah, there's going to be some sort more, of tag. Yeah, which is kind of like the, the old blue check mark. You know, people that are maybe companies, a company represented, or someone who's very famous, you'll know that that's that person because there will be this second type of a, a flag that's on there indicating that this is a you know a person person. So here you know, is that you're supposed to recognize. So here's an example. Um here's a guy uh Pat Harrigan who's a, a politician here in North Carolina. He's got a blue check mark and it says this account is verified because it's notable in government, news, entertainment or another designated category. He's got a blue check mark. Here is the quartering. Jeremy who does not who did not have a blue check mark prior to this and his account says this account is verified because it is subscribed to Twitter blue. So that's how now you do have to click on it to note that. Uh, but that is you know, the, right away. They're already showing the difference between what these yep. accounts are uh, just based on that, which is pretty cool. Um, so, again, well, even below that on the other one, you saw that it was flagging like kind of why. It yeah. Showed that U.S. Was, House candidates, House representatives or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. So, so it's uh, yeah. Th- you know, same thing. I'll, uh, uh, Brian, it's not it's a weird equation to make, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, microtransactions in video games. If they don't break the game and I don't have to buy it to play the game, I don't care if it's in yep. the game. I choose not to use yep. it. If I want to use it, I can. And I feel the same way about this, uh, this Twitter verification thing, this Twitter blue. If I eventually want to do it, um, and I want to spend $8,000, which 
uh, heads up, I don't, and I'm not going to, uh, but I can, and it's not going to ruin my experience on the platform if I choose not to. So uh, for me, it seems like a win-win for the platform. It'll allow them to generate some cash, um, and you know, hopefully that'll push things going forward, and uh, as long as it doesn't destroy the platform, as long as it doesn't have um, you know, a detrimental impact on the platform, I don't particularly care. Well, and, and I have a feeling that they're probably going to start offering things that are perks along with that subscription, kind of like what you're saying Prime did and with Amazon Prime. I, I think there will be, oh, a secure payment system that, you know, I can verify I'm sending it to the correct person, doing donations to organizations because they're a verified organization. You know you're sending it to the real person. I think there's a lot of ways that they can kind of make those perks of being verified uh, be a way that, you know, you can you can get extra things from that. One thing that came out after this, uh, and there was a number of confirmations on Twitter by people that had this happen to them, is, and, and Elon Musk confirmed this, is that Twitter employees were charging people up to $15,000 for their blue check mark. Yeah, they would, they would market They would on. apply for their check mark, and then after they were denied, they would get privately approached by a, an employee saying that they can push theirs through, and there was a fee of sometimes up to $15,000. I think it varied probably based on, based on the person that was asking for it. Uh, there were a number of big names that said, I was, uh, I was denied the first time, and I was approached, and then you know, they, they, uh, they had me pay them money outside of Twitter to be able to get verified. So there was a little bit of a black market going on, and this was confirmed by Elon, because uh, you know, that's the beauty of it. Is he stepped in and had control, had access to all of their logs, chat logs, which kind of confirmed that things that he was saying were happening, that they were denying it to courts were true. I mean, they pretty much had to give up all of these things. Uh, and now he has access to everything to see all the internal communications. So it's pretty interesting, you know, and he'll confirm things or, you know, say that it's not. Uh, but that was something that he did confirm. There's been, also been a number of like kind of totally stories of, of places just trying to bash on him, like CNBC saying, you know, Musk reportedly, and when they say that, considered locking all of Twitter behind a paywall. Really? Uh, who yeah, reportedly... He spent $44 you know, billion dollars on a company to put it behind an $8 a month paywall. That's big brain thinking, yeah. if I've ever heard it. You know, and, it's, and they say, oh, well, there, we, yeah, we... We couldn't get a hold of a, uh, you know, a Twitter, a Twitter spokesman was not immediately available to comment. <laughs> he is the, but here, let's tell you all the other things that, that they reportedly they said, Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, I just love the reporting nowadays where they just kind of spew out something and say, you know, we, we, we reached out to Twitter to confirm, you know, all the stuff we made up, you know, they wouldn't have been able to comment, but you know, here's all the rest of the stuff that we'll say is true. It's just kind of stupid. Yeah. I, so anyway, I'm that's not, that's uh, happening. We'll see. We'll see how Twitter changes. Uh, I, I'm still up in the air about exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So that's uh, right. yeah, that's kind of Twitter as of right now. Well, let's talk a little about something that you you were talking about earlier, and this is uh, an Activision story about Bobby Kotick. Oh, he, now this is from Kotaku, of course. So take this with a grain of salt. No, but take Bobby it as 100% Kotick, fact. Uh, donated <laughs> donates. $50,000 to Republican who protested the 2020 election. Oh, Jesus Christ. So they're pissed no. because oh he donated to Mike Garcia, who uh, who also pursued, here, here we can see, 
pursued draconian curbs to women's reproductive health and freedoms. Yeah, oh yes. They have that in quotes. Hmm. So, you know, they're mad because not everybody thinks like they do. Um, you know, yeah, so they've got to go through and, and bash, bring up everything they can think Bush of. Bush-era torture apologist and, and a Trump administration bully. So we're comparing Bobby Kotnick to George W. Bush and Trump, of course. So, but, 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 no, but look what they said. Who runs a company who has employed yes. a Bush-era torture apologist. So they're going to find a tweet from some ex-employee of Activision or something and say, see, he's a bad man. Somebody who used to work at Activision tweeted something not nice or something like that. Um, yeah. you know, it's just, it, they're, they're, they're getting, they, they, they're getting to the level of he's a bad man. Cause he has employed someone who, have you seen some of the people that have worked at Twitter, Facebook, Google, uh, there's murderers that have worked there. I mean, NASA had a woman who what drove and tried to kill somebody. I mean, we're going to say, you know, the head of NASA, he's a horrible person because he has employed someone who attempted is, to murder. This somebody. is my favorite part of this article. This is from the author of Kutaku. It's probably some soy boy douchebag, Luke Plunkett. We'll take a look at his. We'll take a. We'll take a look at his profile here. Let's see. Let's see what he's up to. Um, oh, he's actually verified on Twitter. Yeah. So this is what he has to say. Again, this is Kutaku, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what he has to say. I know that nearly two years of watching the Republican Party slowly slide into a neo-fascist abyss has taken some of the sting out of this. But just take a second to note the following for the record. The CEO of Activision has spent. No, he hasn't spent. It's his salary. It's his money. It's it's not Activision's money. It's a donation to a man who opposed Trump's impeachment for his role in January the 6th. Wow. Yeah. Hard hitting journalism by some fucking loser over at uh, Kutaku. Luke Plunkett. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, by the way, it's from Australia. Quote, literally. Yeah, literally tyranny of a majority right now that is acting more like a third Reich. Oh, yeah. oh my God, the humanity! I, I, mean, I mean, there's so much rhetoric. This website is just <laughs> such a heaping pile of garbage. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Well, and then wow. here's a you know because PC Gamer they're got to jump in and and hate Activision now because of things like this. But Activision tries to derail Blizzard Albany union no. vote at the last minute <laughs> no not so the, the Albany communications union. workers no. of america says the company is trying to muzzle workers voices once again communication workers of america it's another one of those union groups that sit there and just try to harass and get employees not to work and just make it a lesser work environment and create not, more inefficiency is what i've seen not work and get paid more <laughs> it's a pretty ingenious plan yeah. to be honest i mean it if successful it is great yeah. Well, and so here I just, it is unclear. Good. I'm I'm sorry. No, go ahead with this story. It says it, it's unclear when the NLRB will respond to Activision's appeal, but it's going to have to be soon. The tally is scheduled to take place on November 18th. So it's coming up here uh, in like a week, about, which doesn't leave much room for anyone to maneuver at this point. If the NLRB's previous decision or anything to go by, the union might have the upper hand here. The board has already said once that the QA teams qualifies. And that's the thing is this is just a QA team. They go after the QA teams to get into the company because these are people that are loosely affiliated with the company. All Correct. they do is quality assurance testing on products that the company is making. These they play video they go games. after because they're like, see, yeah, you play video games all day. It's so hard. They don't give you enough money to do it. They ask you to play for a couple hours a day. It's mean. You know, and they get them to join these unions. 
and then they then and then they try to interrupt the company and they get these QA testers to march down to the place stand in front and act like they're not working um well they're not they said the board the board has already said that once the QA team qualifies as a bargaining unit and found in October that Activision has withheld raises from using unionizing staff as an act of retaliation Activision's last minute appeal has the air of a hail mary about it so oh. we'll see I fire the whole QA team. They could do QA out of India if they wanted to. I mean, honestly, they don't do QA. Activision doesn't do. Uh, hold on a second. Let me stop you. Activision doesn't do QA in their games now. The new Call of Duty came out. It was littered with issues on day one. Well, they're too busy protesting and for women's rights and transgender rights. I mean, we you know. Go for it. I am just. It is just so amazing what this program has become and what the news in the industry and it's not like it's not like brian that you and i have to go to these like weird deep link uh you know websites to find some of this conversation this stuff is prominent on what yeah. used to be very respect and some of them for example pc gamer is still a very respectable authority in the video game industry yeah um Kutaku but they used are constantly to be. writing stories like this but it's just it's just constant and it's again it, this is not some just you know some liberal guy that runs a gaming blog no these are these are some of pc gamer their tagline the global authority on, on pc games i mean these are these were these were really legitimate news organizations and outlets just a couple of years ago and um now it's just it's just nonsense um you know this luke plunkett guy who we just talked about in the other articles writing an, wrote an article about Twitter about I can't believe I have to say this, but you need to verify the verified accounts. So I mean, this guy's just you know this guy's just an expert in all of this stuff, um, and yeah. it's 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 just unbelievable. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Well, it's exhausting. Nobody wants to hear here's about the this beauty. crap. Here's the beauty of of those unions and all all these QA teams doing unionizing. Uh, here's an article that I've been holding on for a little while, but. It perfectly segues into where eventually Microsoft and Activision is going to go with QA testing. Xbox Game Studios boss says artificial intelligence QA is his dream. It's my so pretty dream. Pretty much too. getting rid of all of those people that sit there and complain about their jobs and refuse to go to work because they're too busy, you know, protesting they can't go QA. And we ended up with bad versions of video games. So what they want to do is instead use AI to QA. Because it's more likely to find bugs. It's going to go and you know find those little things that end up being glitches that people use to speed run, where you walk to this corner at this angle and you fly across the map. Uh, AI is going to find that because they can do a million iterations. It can do tons of things that we don't even think about. And it'll get tons of bugs to where you'll get much cleaner code or at least be able to find much more hard-to-find bugs that's going to cut down on hacking and cheating and all these different things that you run into. So yeah, I agree 100%. You know, QA using AI is something that I think will really improve video games, but also I think it'll make it to where these companies don't have to deal with these people. Have the AI QA. Because obviously the all these unions seem to go every time they go after the the QA groups because they're so loosely affiliated and they have no lo honor or you know, loyalty to the company whatsoever. They're just on the side, kind of side employees. Brian, 
the old adage from that internet meme from like a decade ago was um, modern problems require modern solutions, I think is how it went. Um, and yeah. it's valid with this. And you can look at another situation in which people decided to try and make a stink about their money and everything. And uh, that's the fast food industry where McDonald's has replaced yep. a whole bunch of their employees with kiosks, which, by the way, I have yeah. much rather use the kiosk, and I do, because I don't have to deal with some bullshit with the kiosk. I tap what I want, I slide my credit card, and I'm done. And then and then yeah. about six minutes later, somebody calls my number, I get my food, and I'm done. Yep. And I'm not and indicating all of those places. I'm not, I'm not anti um, people working. I'm not anti individuals having jobs. I'm not anti any of this stuff. What I'm anti is when you make such you you have turned something that it for example if the QA teams truly were unhappy with their salaries or their working conditions or whatever the complaint is instead of actively trying to work with the company to fix them they employ these malicious tactics of forming unions that are doing that only goal is is to, by the way the goal is not even to help the employee. You see this in teachers' unions across the United States, too. The goal of a teachers' union is not to help the teacher. It's to help the union and political sway for the yeah. union. They don't care about anybody else involved except for themselves, the union, as a whole. They don't care about anything. Yeah. And it's these malicious tactics to hold these companies hostage. And this is what this is the result of that. And the, actions have consequences, and the consequences are going to be there's no. And I would make the argument right now that there's no point of having QA testers anyway, because every game I play is riddled with bugs anyway. I mean, Cyberpunk 2077 yep. was supposed to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. It was a hot garbage. The new Call of Duty <laughs> was riddled with bugs. That thing. I mean, it's just yep. it's it's like you're taking an industry that can't do their job anyway, and then I'm supposed to have sympathy for them when they when they're now inevitably going to lose their jobs because some. 12, 12 year old programmed AI to solve their to do their job. I don't care. Well, that's one thing I've known someone. I've known someone who was in the QA industry. You know, it wasn't video game QA, but it was a QA. And one thing I figured out is people that work in QA generally are not very tech savvy. You're not. You're not required to be a programmer. You're not required. And to you're have probably. It's good that you're knowledge. not. Yeah. They're usually people that are very, you know, they wouldn't get hired at the company through other means because they don't know about what, you know, sure, that, that can be, as you said, that can be great because when you, you're trying to get the perspective of an average user or a below average user, because that's usually where you're having to deal with when it comes to, you know, tech support because someone can't figure out something, right? So you get someone who has no knowledge of the product, no knowledge of, because like me, if I go and QA certain things, I know how to fix it. I'm not going to ask the questions or I'm not going to ask them in the way that the person they're trying to figure out how, is how they're going to ask because I understand what's behind it. And I'll ask them a very direct question that doesn't require, you know, certain things. Uh, so I just, that's one thing I found. And I think that that's why they're going to these, these people because they really don't have a skill set outside of doing QA. You know, th they can quit QA and then go work at McDonald's or, you know, they can go do a, a general job. You know, they can do something bigger than McDonald's, but go do a general job, but they're not going to get a job going to EA or, or Activision and and programming the game. They're not going to get that job. You know, the, if you if you can do that, you're not in QA. That's that's just the way it is. So, uh, and I think that's personally why they go after these QA people. And, you know, the, it's shame on the QA people for thinking that they're going to get something for nothing. You know, uh, no, if you don't well, like your job, move on and do something else. They're getting conned. 
part of it. And and obviously, yeah. you know, if you if you're if you're gonna fall for something, you know, there's nobody to blame but yourself. But they're getting played by these unions. Um, again, it's this. Oh my God, we're here to support you, and we're gonna do this and that. When none of that ends up happening, you just end up losing your job anyway. Um, or or like what you have with Starbucks, they just shut down the store. <laughs> so yep. now you've unionized. Now you just lost your job. Congratulations. Um, so yep. it's it's very interesting to to watch this stuff un- unfold and to continue to to see this. And this is the this is the natural progression with this stuff. Instead of handling things in an appropriate manner, um, you just go down this malicious approach, and it has consequences. Yep. Now um, let's talk about an update to something we kind of brought up last week. But the EU has expanded their investigation. I think that last week we reported that. It looks like it was going to be expanded. They might. But the yeah. EU now has expanded an investigation into Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard. And here's what they say. They say it's worried that sales of non-Windows PCs may be affected. Um, For Discourages users gaming? to buy non-Windows PC because of the Game Pass being on Windows. Yeah, but... Why is that? Why should that be anywhere in the decision? Whether or not they're going to offer a product that's so enticing under certain platforms, go get an Xbox. Um, also, you can stream it. Like what? You can also play this on a on a, a PlayStation. It just seems like a really odd reason that they're worried that people are. It's going to discourage users from buying non Windows PC. What Mac? Yeah, yeah. Hardcore what, Mac. What else game. are they buying? I mean, people playing games on Macs. That's what you're worried about. Uh, <laughs> um, well, when you, I mean, well, when you say, I guess so. That's yeah, that is, I guess, what you're saying. Yeah, you're afraid of people buying. Yeah, you know, the but, Linux. What, gaming li- they're not worried about it. Linux gaming. I mean, come on. I've tried Linux gaming. Uh, that's been a struggle. Now, of course, they they've got it to where with uh, you know, the, the what's the name of that Proton or whatever. Yeah, Proton that has layer. made a big. That has made a big difference, but honestly, if your your biggest concern is that people you're going to make such an enticing product on uh you know the Game Pass being able to run in the Windows computer that they're not going to buy Macs, like that's not a legitimate excuse because a Mac is not what you'd buy to go. Why not say that they need to regulate um, Photoshop because you know it discourages people because the the Mac version is so much better. It discourages people from buying Windows PCs. I mean, what's the difference? Just because something you know is entices people. There's I know plenty of people that do video editing on a Mac because it just does better. What do you have to level the playing field? It's kind of like the whole lowering everybody down to an equal uh, expectation. Yeah, the uh, let some so let something be better one place. Why do you need to lower everything down? The bigotry of low expectations, Brian. Uh, Saul Goodman in uh, chat says, uh, your product, your product is such a good value that it threatens lesser products. EU regulators go. Yeah, that's, that's essentially what they're, what they're saying here. Yeah. I I can't imagine that uh, many individuals are, um, clamoring because Microsoft is going to buy Activision and some Activision games that are probably not on OS X now are not going to be on OS X in the future. Yeah, and, and I, I think that Microsoft has proved that it's not like they're making the Game Pass just to keep people playing games on Windows. 
you know, they're, they're, they're creating a platform that works across multiple devices and works in an app form. And, and you think that they're trying to force people to Xbox hardware when, it, when they've been pushing people away from Xbox hardware. You think that they're trying to keep, keep people on Microsoft Windows when they're making an app that will work on other devices, Android included, that lets them stream and play their video game on mobile devices. And they're worried about them playing on a Mac. You can have an, a Mac app that lets you stream the device just like you will on every other platform. It does nothing but opens up all these games to be played on more than just Windows or an Xbox, which has been the problem before. You can only play on a console, and you can play on Windows. It's going to open it up because you'll be able to stream it through their Game Pass. It's just, it's just it's very silly to me. I'll give uh, Microsoft and Activision a huge amount of props thus far for putting up with this crap from all these various countries as they've gone through this. Because the, and and every time I look, even looking at this article um, that, that you've got in here about the regulators um, or about this this uh, EU regulation, Bobby Kotnick over at Activision, you know, talking about it's a long process and we're working with the regulators and we're doing all this. I, I, they have got to be just beyond themselves with this nonsense, um, especially yeah. from a, a organization like the EU, who is you know regulating chargers and for, for phones and a bunch of other stupid crap. Um, I yep. don't, I do not think that the EU will be the holdup on this merger. Yeah, and, and and if this is the best that they could come up with, I'm not too concerned about the merger. You know, because you figured there'd be something else they would come up with and. You know, that was their concern. People are going to buy non-Windows PCs. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty silly. Well, here's another thing that popped up. Is the U.S. military is set to get its first delivery of $22 billion worth of Microsoft HoloLens. Uh, and these are, you know, the HoloLens is like the uh, the VR type of a thing. And they're, they're supplying these to the military. The, the, uh, you know, the military is essentially the only reason HoloLens is still in development. It's literally for the mili military. Yeah, and so there, there have uh, there has been, you know, of course, people who don't like the military. You know, the, the talk a lot of people in talk who don't like the military at all. Uh, you know, saying, <laughs> "Well, this is bad." Uh, and so, uh, what I, I had this article in there for a while, but I saw a follow up, which is why I figured we should talk about it today. Where PC Gamer followed up and says, "Microsoft tells shareholders not to worry their pretty little heads about its work with the U.S. military." I'm sure they didn't say pretty little heads. You know, that's just a little bit of, uh, of them trying to make it seem one way or the other. But the, uh, here's what Microsoft did say. We said, we do not believe the requested third-party analysis would advance the interest of Microsoft as shareholders and other stakeholders. So, um, you know, so they were saying, because I guess what a third party can't try to step in and push for them to, to dig into this more. Um, but I don't. It's working with the military is now a bad thing. I mean, Lockheed Martin. Is. Look at all these companies that are giant companies that have worked with the military. Well, well, okay. So there's a couple of things here. Uh, without getting too far down the rabbit hole on it, um, I'm not always the biggest fan of the of companies working with the military. Not because I'm anti-military, but because uh, the federal government just loves to invest money and piss it away on projects that never come to fruition. That's a problem. Yep. Um, but in this case, that's not what they're talking about. They're not happy with this because they hate the country and they hate the military and they're anti United States of America. So they, they, they don't want a company like Microsoft that has government contracts, even though every other big tech company, Google, everybody else has 
government contracts and has done work. And as you mentioned, Lockheed Martin and Boeing and, and all these other milita- military industrial complex companies um, have been doing this stuff for decades now. Uh, not good enough for Google and everybody else, not good enough for Microsoft and Activision because for whatever re- well, not for whatever reason, they're the target of the, the current woke mob in the video game industry, specifically because of Bobby Kotnick. They just they cannot stand well, him. And they had a, a Microsoft employees protest against you know, helping one's country, one country's government increase lethality using tools we build. You know, that's how oh, they worded God. it. So, so, so exhausting. I mean, I just, I, I don't even, what do, you, what do you even say to this stuff, Brian? I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, so, I mean, it's so over the top and ridiculous. Well, and everything, everything is politics now. So that's what's frustrating is that everything just has to come back to, you know, we, we need to protest this because it doesn't fall in line with my personal political views. Sometimes you work for a company that you don't agree 100% on with everything, right? I, do you think I agreed with Google on everything when I worked with them? No. You know, that I, I made the choice whether or not I wanted to work with them more permanent, and their politics was something that I decided, you know, I didn't want to because of that. But that's, if, if you're so against what they're doing, sure, change jobs. Don't sit there and protest and tell them that they need to be doing something differently. You're the one choosing to work there. That's been the argument that we've made on all of these issues now for years. And it just doesn't seem to really resonate with anybody in this industry. Oh, and there's not enough pay. Oh, the hours sucker. Oh, this is a terrible industry. Okay, well then find a new industry, find a new job, find a new company. Do what every other individual has to do in their lives. I'm not sure why individuals in the video game industry think they're so special. I mean, these people really, yeah. I mean, it's not like these people are out here curing cancer, Brian. They're, they're, they're QA testing video games. I mean, yeah. li- the, the world will yeah. spin without your useless job. <laughs> I mean, I just, I hate to be so brash about it, but it's like y- you make it out that like society is going to come to a collapse if somebody isn't sitting there p- testing the new Call of Duty before they charge me $70 to do it for them, which is what happens now. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I you know, once AI is there, maybe it'll actually. They don't even need AI. Them. Well, screw AI. Just they do what they do now. Have the public beta test your game. That's what they do. Buy the game for yeah. seventy dollars, and it's broken for the first three weeks. Yep. You are the QA well, we'll tester. See. That's 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 how it always seems to be. The first couple patches are just trying to get it working, and then everything uh, kind of smooths out from there. Um, I've got an interesting um, Steam story in here revolving around Ubisoft. I, well, you had it in here. I saw this uh, earlier this week. Um, according yeah. to some a guy on GitHub, he found a um, some commit to a log somewhere that indicated that there's some sort of Assassin's Creed Valhalla Steam version that popped up in some change log somewhere for in some commit in some project. Um, and he, with that, he, uh, you know, the rumor is now spinning that Ubisoft games might finally be coming back to steam. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't know this, Brian, I'm not sure you do or our audience does the last game from Ubisoft to be released on steam was trials rising back in February of 2019. So that I mean, you're talking about nearly huh. four years here in in four months, just shy of uh, yeah. of uh, 
four years since a Ubisoft game has been on Steam. Um, so it, could we see uh, the future of uh, of Ubisoft games making their way back to the platform? It's also interesting to note well, that they, Ubisoft games are on Epic uh, Game Store. Yes. Yeah, and that, this thing is, they, they, they said in 2021, Steam BD noticed uh, that a version of Ubisoft Connect client appeared in the Steam database, which I think is a good indicator that they were testing something, right? Trying to test that background connection. Uh, I I can under, I could see them doing that, you know, because they got away from the Origin launcher and all of this. Um, it's on Epic. You play. Uh, all these companies now, or sorry, it would play uh, before. And, and I think now they're realizing, well, the more places we can put our game, the better. And they're already selling them, you know, especially when they started selling access to them on, uh, you know, Google's streaming device and all these different platforms, uh, you know, just make it available. Make it less. It's less about the device you're playing it on. You're selling it. You're selling a copy of the game. Just sell it. And I, you know, they think that, that they're happier now, especially when we have had these hardware market crash where things are unavailable. I wonder how much of this is not not a timed exclusivity, but maybe kind of a handshake with Tim Sweeney um, over, you know, hey, we're going to put our games on Epic for a couple of years and uh, you know, just on the game store and kind of see what happens. And then maybe, you know, we'll decide if we want to do an exclusivity deal or not. Maybe it was more of just like a, you know, a company to company agreement, nothing official. And yeah. um, they've received, they maybe they've determined that. Because again, why would you have your game on Epic Game Store, and not Steam? It comes down to the rev split, where you've got Steam's taking yep. about 30% of the cut, and uh, Epic is taking between 12 and 15%. But if you're not selling volume on the Epic Game Store, the 12 or 15% is useless. Um, you know, if you can sell four times the number of games on steam at 30%, you're still way ahead. And that number could very well be significantly larger than four times. It could be six, eight, 10, 12, 15 times the number of sales that you would have gotten. So, you know, that, that number is big. 30% is a, is, is a big number, but in terms of the amount of, eyeballs that you can get in front of and the amount of copies that you can sell um i'm not sure for a company like ubisoft where volume is kind of how they do their business it's that big of a deal if you're an indie dev the 30 percent is probably a much bigger deal and that would make sense because yeah. you're looking at a situation you're looking at a uh a, uh you know you're looking at small amounts of sales so if you're only going to sell $10,000 worth of games, 12% versus 30% is huge. If you're going to sell yeah. a million or $2 million worth of sales, yes, there is still a difference between 12 and 30, but it's significantly less in terms of your, your bottom line. So maybe that's what they've determined is that, you know, if you want people to play your games, you got to be on the platform that people are using and like it or hate it, like or hate Epic, like or hate anybody else. It's Steam. That's where people are. And that's where the, that's where people choose to to buy their games. But not everybody. Well, and Valve is and Valve is going to be increasing the regional pricing for PC games on Steam, which is actually upping them quite a bit in some of these other regions. Uh, you know, in India, they were is a I don't know, it's not rubles, but whatever they do for their currency there. Before it was twelve ninety nine, so one thousand two hundred ninety nine, and now it's going to be twenty four hundred. 
you know, that's almost a double uh, price difference uh, compared to what it was put there before. So I think that's going to also, you know, for any of the international pricing, um, Steam is going to be to where they're making people pay, you know, like here we pay $70. But if you look at, at, at these various conversion rates, uh, people in foreign countries are starting to pay quite a bit more for, uh, for games on Steam as well. This is not... <sighs> so what were they doing before? Was it... Were they just charging fifty nine ninety the equivalent of fifty nine ninety nine in every currency, like because there's always yeah. been regional pricing that's always been the case and it's always cost a lot more money to buy games in places Brazil's the first place that comes to my mind because we've we've seen a lot Brazil's a huge video game market it's always a lot more expensive down there what exactly are they changing. I think they're now just keeping it up to date because I think that they oh, weren't with, keeping okay. it current. Okay. <laughs> and so you would buy a game in Russia. Remember, I was pissed because what's that game that we refused to buy? Um, Factorio. I- unless they put it on Factorio. No. Yes. You Factorio. could buy Factorio for like three bucks in Russia, which pisses me off. Not on sale, <laughs> but because of the way the currency worked, you could buy the game for practically nothing in Russia. But then we have, you know, you pay here uh, 30 bucks or whatever it is. Um, so they're updating all their prices to match with the kind of ever-changing cur- uh, currency exchange rates, huh. where now a lot of these places are ending up paying quite a bit more. Yeah, which is the which, value of the dollar versus everything else has changed. So is this going to potentially get rid of Russian keys and stuff like that? These CDs, these key sites where they're able to buy unregion locked games for you know, pennies on the dollar like and nothing. Yeah. Because, yeah. And then flip them. Yeah. Because USD. you were getting them. I mean, just look for, to get a fifty nine ninety nine game as they, as they showed in the, the example in India, they would pay twelve ninety nine. Now they're paying 2,400 just to match the fifty nine ninety nine price. So they are now paying double. So they were getting fifty nine ninety nine games for half price, pretty much 30 bucks. This is what they get the game for. You turn around and you sell an Indian key to, to the United, back to the United States on some seller site and you've made 30 bucks to get, you know, or minus whatever you marked it down to get someone to purchase it. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is going to cut down a lot on, on a lot of those aftermarkets, uh, key prices, which is going to be a huge detriment, obviously to, uh, SCD keys and G2A and some of these other platforms, um, that have, yep. yeah, that's, that's literally what they do. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not, it's surprising that it um it's surprising that it took this long i guess because i know xbox yeah, and it, I, xbox got some heat a couple um yeah. a couple months ago we talked about the cost of the xbox console or no was it sony yep or i don't remember if it was maybe it was sony, playstation I, so- yeah they're they're raising the price of the playstation in a lot of other yeah, markets they're getting more expensive um, getting yep. more expensive so it's interesting that that steam I guess just wasn't keeping up to date with this. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, it looks like it's going to be to where uh, it automatically now suggests prices for various regions based on the conversions so that the steam seller now can market to where it's actually the same price in all these different places. And it keeps up with the 39 different worldwide wide currencies that they sell. Steam so. offers 39 currencies for their platform. That's crazy. 39 different currencies. Yeah. Wow. On their platform. That's a lot. That yeah. goes to show you the, the the total domination they have in the 
the video game industry because to to do you know to accept a foreign currency they're likely using a na- a national bank in whatever that country of origin is uh to to do yep. that transaction or at least part of that transaction you've got to have enough volume going through that Brian where it's worth accepting a payment in some well, you know what we would determine as an obscure form of payment but for them again yep. you're you're talking about the serious volume that they must be doing that's pretty well, that's I remember pretty this impressive. was this was kind of the frustration that Epic had early on with Fortnite trying to let people purchase all of the you know the V-Bucks in all of these different countries in the crazy exchange rates that they were having to deal with to where people were mad because they were paying so much for V-Bucks in all these different countries but you know it, it came down to it was difficult for them to have all of these different price structures and being able to to do transactions with all of these different countries on it and maintain the exchange rates and have all these different carriers to handle these transactions. So it is, it's a big mess. You know, maybe Twitter's the answer and uh, they're, you know, having some sort of a purchasing platform that works between all countries. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe that's what yeah. Chief Elon will, uh, will, will have all of our problems solved sooner rather than later. Uh, with his new uh, his new payment platform there, um, here's a couple of uh, a couple of other uh, interesting uh, things here that um, that we've been looking at. Um, you've got a story in here about Discord, um, which yeah. has been a very popular, very interesting platform. I am of the mindset, Brian, that Discord is at any point moments away from completely falling apart with some either some you know, yeah. start charging for servers or some weird rule where they just start blowing out accounts. Um, and they've already done this. Um, they banned over yeah. 55 million accounts, 68,000 servers over the last six months. So yeah. they are really cracking down on this stuff in terms of, uh, accounts that they're going after and servers that they're removing. This is between January and June of this year. They've banned 68,379 servers and banned 5.573 million accounts. Um, they say that spam was 1.8 million of the accounts. Um, what the rest of those well, no excuse me uh, when looking at the offenses other than spam excuse me okay so out of the 55 million 1.8 were not spam uh so those were i guess probably based going on what against, they said yeah, yeah yeah well of course yeah discord's Community rules guidelines and, something like that yeah exactly which are of course loosely um uh, loosely enforced um so they they talk about a couple of the things there but um Interesting to see what uh, what they do going forward, and if they can, uh, you know, continue to push their platform, continue to build their platform, have it moderated, but you know, thread that needle and not go too far. Where now everybody and their brother, just similar to social media accounts, just gets blown off the platform for for everything. I mean, they start coming around to to our server, and we post a picture of uh, you know a guy doing an interview with a. Uh, Tucker Carlson is now our our Discord server gets banned because of you know hate speech or whatever nonsense uh, they can they can justify. So pretty interesting stuff. Well, and this is something with Discord because uh, it's it's an as you said it's kind of amazing that they maintain keeping online and offering all of this because a lot of companies usually kind of they fold earlier than this. 
they've offered these nitro services and a number of other things as a way to bring in some income, but they really don't ask you for money. You know, for what they give you, they, they give you a lot and they ask for very little. little. And I, my concern is that at some point, they'll hit a line where it's like, okay, we now need to start making money. And then they make some big changes to try to make that happen. I think that'll kill their service. Uh, you know, I understand Nitro is something cool, but they've got to figure out another way. They tried selling games. That didn't work. They've, they've got to figure out a way to bring in money. You know, I think it's going to be through communities, but I don't know that Nitro is the way to do it because they're trying to gamify funding the server. And I just don't see the perks of Nitro as, as big enough for me to want to bother, uh, you know, paying for it. This is always the problem with a platform that gains such popularity like Discord has while it's yeah. been free. And you obviously, of course, make it free off the start because that's it's the only way you can build a build the platform and, and build a user base. Um, yeah. But at some point, you have to turn a profit. Seed funding, itself, right? seed funding only goes so far. Um, and eventually you need to... And there's to, a lot of to, hardware behind this service. Yeah, you can there be is. able to manage the thousands and thousands of who knows how many servers that they, that they are operating. Uh, there's a lot of hardware behind that. And that costs a lot monthly. And the fact that they've got not gotten a penny out of me yet, I've year, used their service for years. Like, how does that work? How are they paying for this? That's what, that's what concerns me is I don't see how they're paying for it. Uh, you know, and it's at some point it, there's gotta be money coming in to pay for me. Somebody's going to have to have given enough to pay for me. They're they're doing they're paying through uh, they're they're paying for it with nitro in in some regards, um, yep, seed funding, angel investing from uh from you know whatever seed of of of, level, of seed funding level they're at right now. Uh, it seems to me though, and what I think makes the most sense is charging the server owners. That's the to me. Yeah. If you have to start charging for the platform, which by the way I hope they don't, but the reality is at some point you have to generate revenue. Um charge a small fee two three bucks a month to server operators to to operate their servers and i think for even and a the, small group donations to, to directly to the server to help cover the cost yeah and you know you and and i think it's important to keep a relatively low price there like three or four bucks a month so even a small community server of just 30 or 40 people somebody in that group can justify three or four bucks a month to keep it running when you get to that eight, nine, ten dollar a month price tag. You're like, ah, I mean, for ten dollars a month, I would much rather subscribe to a different service or or do something else. Um, I would imagine there's these conversations have to be ongoing at Discord constantly. I'm surprised it's I'm surprised it's still completely free. I mean, honest to God. Yeah. And that that and that's that's the thing is for what they're offering and you know, I, I'd have to look at what the prices of Nitro are now. Ten bucks a but, month, I think. You know, Ten bucks, yeah, to to get a little bit better uh, screen sharing resolution. I mean, that's just not enough for me. You know, if I was using that all the time, sure, but just the perks that they're giving, I think that's where, as you said, have the server pay ten dollars a month for, uh, you know, the ability to do something a little bit extra, and then allow people to donate towards, you know, paying for that. To where if it's paid for by your users through donations, then you know it doesn't charge your server. Something like that. Uh, you know, to where then a community can support it in a way that seems, seems reasonable rather than buy, buying all these nitros and then giving boosts to the server, which really don't seem to accomplish much of getting anything to the actual server owner. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's the latest with Discord. All right. Um, well, let's let's cover one more thing really quick. So sure. Facebook, uh, they're laying off, they're firing eleven thousand people. That's um, just so, today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is just recently. Uh, you know, and of course, a lot of people are saying this has a lot to do with metaverse in the amount of money they're spending towards Meta, which is, seems to have been a pretty big flop. Huge flop. I mean, I mean, I just I don't hear anything about it. They keep talking about this virtual world, uh, but the the thing is, Facebook came around not because it was the most popular thing, and then people went to it. It just kind of caught on because it was doing something that hadn't been done before. You can't force that stuff, and I think Zuckerberg feels like, well, you know, I've done it once before. I can do it. Well, no, you out of tons of other people. You know, your one thing happened to be picked up and people liked it for some reason. Um, you know, just because you're making meta doesn't isn't, doesn't mean that it's going to be good uh, it, because I've not heard anyone really say anything positive. Except uh, one yeah. person, Brian, has been singing Facebook's praises for months now, and that is the illustrious mm. Jim Cramer on CNBC. Oh. He has been stroking... Uh, Zuckerberg and Facebook's ego for months now. He's been hyping and raving about the metaverse. Just last week when Facebook announced their yeah. when their stock, by the way, plummeted. I got in at a, a pretty low price, like 91 bucks a share when it plummeted uh, last week or two weeks ago, whenever it did, because it was it was like trading at like 140, 150 and it just dove under. Listen to this. This is like 30 yeah. seconds of of Jim Cramer uh, literally tearing up on air talking about how wrong he was about Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. Free cash flow last year, $9.5 billion, now less than $1 billion. Okay, let me say this about this. I made a mistake here. I was wrong. I trusted this management team. That was ill-advised. Hubris here is extraordinary. And I apologize. Okay. <laughs> he realized he, really... he messed up. Yeah, <laughs> let a lot of people. Well, I mean, in just the wrong... if you look at that graph that he showed, I mean, <laughs> yeah, just the constant, yeah. it's just going down, down, down. Uh, you know, and then uh, in one day, the thing drops a hundred points. Was it? I mean, it was it was what eighty points or a hundred hundred points or something like that. It yeah, was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't know exactly what it was at or what it what it traded down to, but it, it Facebook has well and and Zuckerberg it was like 130 uh, went down to 80 or something like that. Yeah, Maybe yeah, I got in. I got crazy. in the upper 90s. Um, the interesting thing I saw was um, Zuckerberg in somebody uh, like screen recorded him his announcement today, telling staff that 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 he, they they were getting fired. And he just talked about how, you know, how they just, that, that they, that he screwed up. I mean, I guess that they thought yeah. meta, the, this metaverse thing that they were invested all of this, these billions of dollars into was somehow going to turn dividends. And I, I'm not even sure how you get access to it, Brian. I mean, I have a, no. a, an Oculus headset. I'm not even sure how, I'm not even sure how, I don't even know what the metaverse is. Facebook's metaverse. Yeah. I'm not even sure how you would even access that. And I have one of, I have an Oculus device, a Facebook yeah, you device. you figured that it would just be something you could get onto. That could, well, it probably, it might be. Face, try it out. 
It might be, but I don't know because it's not been nothing. Nothing's been talked about with it. Nothing. I don't. I don't even know. Yeah. All I hear is people talking about it online, and I see like, uh, you know, like people shaking hands in the metaverse, and it's supposed to be this, you know, oh, look at this, two business people shaking hands in a virtual boardroom making a business deal, and I'm like, you're shitting me, right? This is yeah. this is fifteen billion dollars worth of investment. Um, just doesn't yeah. doesn't really seem to make sense. So, yeah, that's a. Uh, Oh, and the, Facebook and Twitter. Let big, me give you uh, that quote. Let, big cuts. Oh yeah. Let me let me uh, give you let me give you the quote that you're kind of ref- referring to of him saying what happened. Zuckerberg. Um, you know, of course, because yes, yeah, Zuckerberg. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. co- with COVID, uh, you know, this, this is one thing that they were saying with COVID was too good for the for them as a company, citing outsized revenue growth as a result of people spending more time and money online during lockdowns. Um, he said many people predicted that this would be a permanent acceleration that would continue even after the pandemic ended. I did too, so I made the decision to significantly increase our investments. Unfortunately, this did not happen. Uh, he then referenced the macroeconomic downturn, increased competition, and ad signals lost, uh, saying that these all led to much lower revenue than expected, which you saw with their, their price, stock prices. Then crucially, he adds, I got this wrong, and I take responsibility for that. So... Yeah, take responsibility uh, for it all you want. Huge, huge loss is, for the company. Yeah, huge loss for the company and big cuts at, uh, you know, people were freaking out about the meta layoffs oh my, or uh, with the Twitter layoffs. Oh, my God, Elon Musk's cutting 4,000 workers. Uh, Facebook literally fired over 11,000 like people. Like 11,000 people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a huge amount of people that got uh, that got fired. And that was not because of, uh, you know, advertisers canceling. It's because they just invested into something that, Obviously, for Zuckerberg, really going the whole, nowhere. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. This is obviously a pet project that he really believed in, um, and you know, he obviously has had good ideas in the past. I mean, with the purchase of Instagram and stuff like that, Facebook is a very successful platform. Uh, it's arguably one of the best digital advertising platforms in the world, outside of maybe YouTube yeah. and Google. Uh, but this just—I don't—I didn't ever see a point where this would pay dividends, like. Again, they invested $15 billion into the metaverse for a couple of guys to shake yep. hands virtually in a boardroom. It's just well, crazy. And I think, that, I think that also a lot of people, are, a lot of the younger generations are leaving Facebook. They because are. Because there's other things that they find more interesting. Uh, and when you're left with grandma and you know people are my age and older as what's left on Facebook, you think they're interested in the metaverse? They're not. No, I mean... You could ask them at 90% of the people on Facebook what an Oculus Rift is, and they'll tell you, I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, you know, is that a video game? What is it? They, they'll have no clue. Well, when, when that's what's left on your platform, yet you're investing everything, what are you hoping is going to bring them back? You're not going to bring the kids back with an Oculus Rift because they're all playing cell phone things, you know, things that are on a mobile device. They're not putting on a headset and staying home, especially now that the pandemic is over, which is true. You know, people are wanting to go out and to live again. And I think that they were hoping, you know, the liberals' utopia was that people were going to stay inside and everything was going to become virtual so you could be whatever you want to be. Uh, you know, and I, I think that that's kind of crumbled because people do like to go out and converse and have interactivity with other people or at least do that online. And Facebook is not a good source of that because there's so much bipartisanship even on Facebook. On Facebook, I don't give my, I don't give a lot of personal views on Facebook. Because all it does is stir up controversy because people then think because they're semi-anonymous, they'll sit there and come back at you, just like on Twitter. You know, you say anything on Twitter, you're going to have 10 people saying, oh, you're stupid because you believe this way. 
just because it's different than they believe. That's how Facebook is. Yeah, I yes, think the younger, younger generation is tired of that, and they're moving on to something where you don't talk politics. <laughs> you know, you go and share pictures and do stupid things online, uh, and, and or you know, in, in an app, uh, and they're not interested in all the stuff of you know. I mean, I have this neighborhood app now, which is pretty much turned oh, into ne- Facebook because I just want to know when things are happening. Door? Or next door, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to know if something was happening in the area, you know, like an emergency or anything like that, so I could react to it. And now it's grandmas posting pictures about, you know, their dog and, uh, and people now griping at each other. And it's all policy. It turned into another Facebook. And it's just like, I don't want to use it anymore. I wanted to use it as a utility, not as a social media or a social platform, which is always now because of the bipartisan turns into a big, you know, heaping pile. Yeah, I'm looking so at I my... Think, I think. I'm looking at my Nextdoor app right now, and yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. It's devolved, yeah, it's devolved into that. People want something that isn't all about politics. It's, if it's going to be the metaverse, it needs to be something that's separated from what Facebook, for instance, which is super political. Allow people to just go in there and have fun and don't tell them that they have to have this or that and they can't do this or that. Like That's what makes things work is when you give them a platform where they can pretty much do whatever they want, uh, you know, and then they start to tone it back as it becomes popular. Yeah. That's what Twitter started as Facebook started as. And it's like, uh, you know, that with all the rules and, and the liberalness of, of, of Facebook now, they're not going to be able to bring meta in and want people to, to use it. It's just, it's not going to work. Very, very true. All right. Well, I think that's, is there anything else you wanted to cover here before we, uh, we exit out here? No, sir. I think we're good to go. One thing I will notice, I want to mention as a follow-up yeah, yeah. really quickly, the Google Play Games for PC has mm-hmm. launched in the United States. So if you want to hey! try playing some Android right. games on your computer, um, they now have an app that you can go on there and, and connect to, and it'll you can play a lot of the, the various Android mobile games on your computer. And, you know, it runs all right. I've, I've seen a, you know, a few issues here and there with things that just don't quite act the same. But for the most part, part works. So if you want to continue right, a game, have it running out. on another screen. Yeah, it's that is now going. So it's available in the U.S. So, hey, if you want to find me, you can find me at, at Boise Computer on Twitter or at Brian Aldridge and Gab Parlor, Getter Truth Social, or check out my blog, biteoftech.com. And if you want to go check out our website, infectionpodcast.com, just go uh, to the upper right of our website there and you can join us on Discord. We talked about it earlier. Uh, maybe there's a topic that you think we should be covering. Uh, throw a link on that in the news channel and we'll review that. You need to get a hold of Nick or I. That's an excellent way to do that. Also, uh, if you want to play some ARC, we got 11 ARC servers going in there. We have a Conan Exile server going in there. Uh, that, and those are working really well. Uh, if you want to watch the live show, you can do that through Twitch and YouTube. Or if you're going to listen after the fact, you can do that through the lower right-hand side. A lot of different podcast apps that you can use. Uh, and also, if you are going to be listening to it, that means the show notes are uploaded for that particular episode. Just click on one of the episodes and you can have a nice little audio and video player in there. And you can also click on maybe a video that while you're listening, you want to see it uh, or re- see some reference material. See if what we're talking about is accurate or so you see where we got the information. We have links for everything right in there. It makes it really easy. If you want to support us, there's a support option up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, Brian. And thanks to uh, all of our support supporters that uh, have uh, stuck with us here and uh, continue to uh, to do so over the uh, and have continued to do so over the years is what I'm trying to say. All right, Brian, I'm I'm sleep deprived. I'm uh, <laughs> hopped up on caffeine and uh, I'm starting to yep. uh, the sentences and you know, the, 
the the, the words, Brian. They're not making. They're not the, the, doing it, it. Words are hard. The thing. Yeah. Words are. It's a. It's a thing with a word. It's a complicated thing. So uh, thank you, uh, yeah. Brian, as always. And by the way, we're back on our regular yep. scheduled uh, slate and time next Tuesday. Uh, back here for a another edition of Infection. Brian, thanks as always, my man. Greatly appreciated, and we will see you next week. See I you am not verified on Twitter, and I will not be spending $8 a month, but that doesn't mean that you can't follow me at Nicholas M. Craig. You can check out my website and uh, my uh, day job with the uh, Wilmington's Morning News podcast at nickcraig.com, three hours of a live local radio each and every day. Check that out there and download the podcast. If you missed any portion of today's show, I recommend you check out our website, infectionpodcast.com, where you'll find some great show notes and videos and some lovely Kotaku articles. All of that, our website, infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.